The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Dylan Mangan of the Southern Star and I'm joined by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. Before we get into things, just like to give our listeners a gentle reminder to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose Credit Union, choose local, choose community. As always, we have an absolute ton to get through this week. Um, later on, we'll be hearing from the Balanine Bullet, Phil Healy, who Kieran caught up with earlier this week. She is one of three West Cork athletes who will be traveling to Istanbul in Turkey to compete in the European Athletics Indoor Championships, which start this Thursday. But she revealed earlier this week in a social media post that she won't be running in her usual 400 meter event. Instead, she's gonna focus solely on the four by 400 meter relay event after what has been, in her words, a tough few months. Um, she goes deeper into things with Kieran later on in the show, so that's worth sticking around for. But first up today, we're gonna to focus on John Cleary's Cork team who absolutely hammered a poor Limerick team at the weekend scoring 6-18 and are now looking forward to what is a crucial game away to Clare on Sunday. Before we get into this weekend's action, Kieran, I just wanted to get your reaction to that Limerick game. I suppose there's kind of two questions here. One is how good were Cork and two, how good did Limerick make Cork look? Um, I think you hit the nail on the head and you said absolutely hammered because it was a triple score win for Cork, which at senior inter-county level, you don't come across t- uh, too often. But Cork were rootless. They got six goals. They could have scored actually more goals than that. Um, I remember we were chatting to John Cleary after Cork lost to Dublin the previous weekend and he was ruining the missed chances because Cork had missed goal chances in, in the previous games. So it was almost like a, a call to arms after the... Dublin game, he wanted he wanted Cork to take a higher proportion of their goal chances. They were his words, and they certainly did that. To, to score six goals against Limerick, um, Cork now have ten goals in the league. They're the they've scored the most goals of any county in all four leagues, and they've accumulated a total of ninety one points so far in the league, which is the joint highest along with Leitrim, I think, down in Division Four. So that goes to show that the the Cork attack is functioning pretty well, but there still is more to come because. Um, the context is, like you said, Dylan, how good did Limerick make Cork look because Limerick were poor. My God, Limerick were poor. And there's a reason that they're they're rooted to the to the foot of Division 2 and they look like they're going to go straight back down to Division 3 unless there's a very unlikely turnaround in the, in the next couple of weeks. But Cork did what they had to do. And I wrote about it in, in last week's Southern Star because Cork were coming off the back of an unwanted moral victory against Dublin where they almost beat the Dubs but came up just short. But people were still saying... Jesus, Cork, Cork played well, well done to Cork. But for the lads inside in the in that Cork group and that Cork panel, they just don't want to come close to beating Dublin. They want to beat Dublin. So the challenge for them then was to follow up that Dublin performance by actually 
beating Limerick, getting the performance, getting the result, and they ticked both boxes. Um, so I think they'll be pretty happy with the, the final results. They're on four points now, and they're going to get a tough game this Sunday up in this. Yeah, throw-in is at 2pm in Cusack Park on Sunday, and it's a game that kind of looks like it could make or break both team seasons, or league seasons at least, because looking at it, like if Cork win, they are kind of looking at the possibility of promotion, lose, and they'll potentially be dragged into a relegation battle and Clare are in must-win territory at this stage. So how do you see it playing out this weekend? Um, Division 2 is very tight. So what we have, we have Derry and Dublin and eight points up the top, but then Cork are in third place and Clare are in seventh. But there's only two points separating five teams. So like you said, like it's a make, make or break for, 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 for both teams on Sunday in Innes. So if Cork get the win that they want, it keeps them in that promotion hunt and it could keep it going to the last weekend when, when Derry travel down. But if they lose to Clare, all of a sudden then Cork are back in the relegation mix because we got to remember that Limerick have no points and they're at the bottom of the table and they looked almost doomed already unless there is that remarkable turnaround. So there's a lot on the line. To be fair, another piece written for Thursday Southern Star, Clare and Cork, there's been very little between them in recent years. Um, 2017, 18 and 19, Clare beat Cork three years in a row in Division 2 of the league. So this isn't a Clare team that fears Cork at all. They can go toe-to-toe with Cork and, and they fancy their chances. When the teams met last year in Park and Creve in Division 2, it finished a draw. I think it was 113 apiece each. And even look at last weekend, OK, Clare lost to Dublin. But at one stage in the second half, they were six points up against Dublin in Croke Park and they were playing really good football. Um, they ended up losing by one point to the Dubs. And they lost by points to Kildare the week before. So they're they're just losing games. But we got to re- remember, Colm Collins is a really good Clare team there. And this is another test for Cork. They're going to go away to a team that are under a similar enough level to them and to try and get a win away from home against a team like Clare. If Cork can do it, it just keeps that, that, that trajectory that they're on, keeps them trending upwards. But it's going to be a, a, a tough test. I fancy Cork to, to get a result up here. I... I do. I think it's going to be very tight. What we've seen in the, the last couple of games and that Mead performance is kind of the outlier is just the consistency to the Cork performance. There's a consistency to the selection. So I think they're they're ready for their next challenge. But, and the big boat is they need to bring the level of performance that they had the last couple of weeks. Any dip at all and Clare will punish them. Do you think that's the next step now for John Cleary's team? Like we mentioned, they're joint top scorers across the division. Created lots of chances even against Dublin, who you would say are in a different place uh, to, to Cork at the moment. Is the next step like being able to, to kind of consistently beat teams like Clare who are maybe level or a little bit below Cork? Exactly that, because if you go back over the last couple of years, it's almost one of the, one of the downfall of Cork football is their inconsistency. It's like they just couldn't for years, not 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 this Cork football team, but go back to even Ron McCarthy and Peter Healy and, and, and the previous managers. It was the inconsistency of the Cork teams. You didn't know what you're, what you're going to get from one game to next. And what we've seen so far this year is there is a consistency to the Cork performances. They had three games in the McGrath Cup. And again, there's a big asterisk here. It's just the McGrath Cup, but still Cork, Cork did what they had to do, to do there. They've played four games in the league. And in three of them, they've been... Pretty good, you know. Well, really good away to to to, to Kildare, um, hammered Limerick, and they had a they played well even though they lost to Dublin. I know John Cleary's pointed out about the Mead performance that that was the opening game that Cork lost at, at home to the to the Royal County that that it was just bad decisions and bad options that that, that cost 
Cork that, that day. But there is a good body of work there for Cork right now. So it'd be great to see Cork go to Clare and win. I think that that would be, like like you said, Dylan, the next step for this team to put more consistent performances together. And I, I'm hoping to see that on, on Sunday. I'm looking forward to going up, going up to the game in Ennis. I'm looking forward to seeing what, what Cork can do. Can they keep carrying this form forward? Because all of a sudden, if they win, we could be looking forward to very exciting last two games away to Loudon home to Derry. Yeah, moving on now to club football was back with a bang in West Cork as well in the weekend just gone. West Cork teams had kind of a mixed bag of results across the board. Um, just some kind of standouts that I picked out there. Um, Bandon lost away to St. Vincent's. It was the same fate for Bantry Blues at home against Newmarket. While there were draws for Valley Rovers, O'Donovan Rossa and Clonakilty. And Newsestown got a good win away to St. Michael's. But we want to focus on the big derby between Carberry Rangers and Castlehaven, where Castlehaven got their season off to a great start with the victory by 3-12 to 4 points in Division 1. And Kieran, how will both teams be feeling after that one? I think uh, Castlehaven would be pretty, feeling pretty well about themselves. Like you said, 3-12 to, to 4 point win over Carby Rangers. And these two teams will meet again in the Premier Senior Football Championship later in the summer. I think Castlehaven were surprised to win by as much as they did because as far as I know, they'd only one field session done beforehand so, um, and they were missing, I think it was 16 players, James McCarthy said after, including nine Cork players. So they're missing the likes of the Brian Hurleys and, uh, and the Carl Maguires and the Rory Maguires. So they were missing a lot of their, of their, the Catalans as well, a lot of their main players. But they still were able to, to field a, a pretty strong team. Um, Mark Collins was, the former Cork senior, was sublime from our the match report that we have in Thursday Southern Star. He, he, he pulled the strings. He, he was really, really good. And instead of the likes of, of Michael Hurley played quite well to um, look at Mark Collins got eight points, eight points, um, which and only three of those are from freeze. So that shows he's influenced the last day. So pretty good start to the season for Kesslevin. It's just what they wanted to get off on the front, the front foot, get a good win under their belt, beat a local rival as well in front of a, albeit a small home crowd and knowing that there is room for improvement and all those Cork players to come back. But for Carby Rangers, Seamus Hayes, their new manager, he called it afterwards a wake-up call. And I, I, I think they'll be disappointed with with, with, with their performance. Um, to score only four points and only three of those were from, from play, um, they need to do a lot better in the weeks to come. But I suppose we have to give a context to it's just the first round of the league. And there's a long, long season there. Like a lot of rounds in the county league ahead in the next couple of weeks and months. And the championship is until the summer. So... Teams will start to find their feet. But Kesslevin would be very pleased to get off the winning start. But they know that they've work to do. Kerby Rangers will be disappointed with their performance, but they'll also know that they have a lot of work to do in the weeks and months ahead. Yeah, and with Castlehaven having so many players out going to uh, to play for Cork, is that something that they'll be able to kind of um, take into account as well? They'll be feeling good knowing that they have these players to come back at some stage? That's exactly it. you're talking about the likes of like Brian Hurley, like who, who we saw was was on fire for Cork there against Dublin just over a week ago. But what this does when so many um, county players are are involved in the county and in the inter county bubble, it gives uh, clubs a chance to 
to give you its figure, give, give other fellas, give other fellas a go. And even looking through there, um, Michal McGuire was only 17 years old, but he did really well. Shane O'Connell was a Cork minor last year and he played the last day. Sean Brown, a wing forward, is um, a great prospect, according to James McCarthy. So what, what Castlehaven were able to do on Sunday is give those young fellas a game but give them a game beside experienced fellas, the likes of Mark Collins, Michael Hurley and Ronan Walsh to have have them inside fellas like that who who, who know what senior football is all about and they're, they're well used to it, they're well experienced at this stage. So um, the, the Castlehaven will be will be happy with where they are right now. But I suppose the almost the, the, it's a catch-22 for Castlehaven. The success of the club means that a lot of the players are in with county teams. But then, when it comes to the county league, they don't get access to these players because they're they're tied up with the with with the county and the inter county season. So then, you're trying to integrate them back into the squad when when it comes to the to the championship. But if Castlehaven can produce performances and results like they did last last Sunday against Carby Rangers, it'll it'll help build momentum ahead of the summer. And just quickly now, before we go for a break, we want to move on to soccer. And it might have been a good week for Jack McCarran to leave the podcast because his beloved Baltimore Crabs were beaten 5-0 at the weekend by Salan FC as they claimed the West Cork League Championship title. And Kieran Salan's under-12 school girls team has been making headlines on their National Cup run, but the league win here proves the club has quality all over. I think Baltimore must have done tools, Dylan, to be honest. Like, kind of since Jack has left this parish, I think everyone... Everyone took it really badly. Well, for the first five minutes until until he exited stage left, and we all got on with 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 our with our lives. But for Baltimore to to lose five nil to Celine, it um it stinted Baltimore's promotion for promotion chances from the championship, but it also it crowned Celine as the West Cork League championship winner. So not only have they won promotion, they're going up to the Premier Division next year as champions. And we've a lo- we've a lovely write up about it in Thursday Southern Star. And there's a lovely link, Dylan, that Jonathan Milan, who is the coach of the Slan team now, his father, Sean, was the coach of the Slan team that won the West Cork League Championship title 30 years ago, back in 1993. So it's a lovely, a lovely connection between between past and present for Slan. But there, there's no denying that they're the best team in, in the championship and they go up as 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 champions and they still have, have more to play for this season. But you touched there as well on their under 12 schoolgirls team. What a story that is. That's incredible. They're true to the last eight in the in the country. They have a home quarterfinal coming up. Um, I think it could even be this weekend, which is super for the club. Great excitement. So Salan soccer is on the rise. So congrats to all of them. But I just want to quickly point out that the two teams come up in the championship. So Salan are up. There's one promotion spot left. And it, and it is between Clannacilty United, Barry United and Baltimore. There's only two points separating the three clubs. And this Sunday, Barry United host Clannacilty United. So that's going to be a huge game, you know, when you consider how tight how tight the championship, top of the championship table is and how, how much teams want to get promoted and up to the Premier Division. So Salane, they're, they're up there. They've their, their job done when it comes to the league. But that second promotion spot, it's up for grabs and it's going to be exciting. Yeah, it could be a winner-takes-all game on Sunday. We're just going to take a quick break now, but stick around as coming up next, we'll be hearing from Phil Healy. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. On last week's podcast, we discussed West Cork athletes' performances at the National Indoor Championships with Cahill Dennehy. 
And this week, uh, coming up, starting on Thursday in the European Indoor Championships, Darren McElhenney, uh, Phil Healy and Joan Healy will all be travelling to perform there. Kieran, what can we look forward to this weekend? So we have three West Cork athletes, like you said, at the European Indoor. So one-fifth of the team is from West Cork. So we're going to bang that West Cork drum again, Dylan, uh, and celebrate our own. So we have Phil Healy in the four by um, women's 4 by 400 meter relay. We have Dara McElhinney in the men's 3,000 meters. And we've Joan Healy in the women's 60 meters. So just very quickly on, on Joan and last week's podcast that I was talking to Cahill, at that, at that moment in time, Joan had decided not to go to the European Indoors but then there was a change of plans and it, it transpired. She had the B standard and then herself and her coaches, Derville O'Rourke and Marion Heffernan decided, okay, it just pushes out the indoor season by one more week. Let's do this. Off the back of that, Joan went up to Dublin. I think it was Dublin on Friday night um, for 60 meter races. And she ran a new PB. She ran a, seven, a 7.30, which took 100 of a second off her previous PB and also moves her to fourth in the Irish all-time list. So just goes to show this late change of plans, what it's done for Joan now, it's all starting to come together. She's a new PB, she's heading to the Euro indoors, high in confidence, and she's looking to get this semi-final and try to dip down into the 7.2. So that'll be great to watch. Dara Din, he's in the men's 3,000 metres. I was looking at the schedule. I think the heats of that are on Saturday morning. So the hope is that Dara can get through to the European final and the, the final is on Sunday evening. And then, of course, Phil is running in the 4 by 400 metre women's um, relay Irish relay team. And they're straight through to the final. There's, it's a straight up final on Sunday evening. So Phil will be there. And we're going to hear from her now. It's it, It's been a tough couple of months for Phil. It, it's even more so than that, it's been a tough 10 months for Phil when we listen to her, her chat here. Um, she was she missed most of the Irish indoor season. Her first race was at the Nationals there, the weekend before last, where she relinquished her 400-meter crown while still winning silver. And things just haven't been going right for her. And she, she, was, um, she put out a, a post in social media. I think she tried to be transparent and tell fans what was going on, that she's had a... Had a, had, a, had, a, had a tough few months. So that's why we caught up with this chat, just to check in and fail to see how she is. Because what this woman has done for West Cork sport and Irish athletics um, should never be forgotten. I'm not writing her off, not one bit whatsoever, because anyone who knows Phil Healy knows that she's an incredible competitor and she's battling hard to get back to top speed. And you 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 put your put your money on, on on Phil doing that because she has that innate competitiveness inside her and that will and desire to, to push on. So um the hope is that we do see Phil back in top speed um come the summer. But I just wanted to catch up and have a chat with her just to see how, how things are. And she was incredibly honest, Dylan. She was incredibly forthcoming with the I suppose the tough time that she's had of late. And it stretches back to before the world indoors in March. Uh, 2022 so we're always talking 12 months at this stage you know so she's been struggling with consistency with her body and um, trying trying to find a form trying to get things that, that work for her she feels now she's coming out of that that that, that tough spell and hopefully we'll, we'll see that in the in the weeks and months ahead as we move towards the outdoor season but what you're going to hear now is an incredibly honest phil healy talking us through the, the last couple of months and the tough winter that she's put down Bill, it's the, the week of the European Indoors, a big week. You're running in the 400 metre, 4 by 400 metre relay this week. You've opted out of the 
400 meter individual. You put up a post on social media last week explaining the, the background and the context to your season so far because I suppose to be fair, it hasn't been ideal for you. No, and look, I suppose I just wanted to get that message out there because I'm not, I suppose I'm not one to share an awful lot um, in terms of what's actually going on. Um, it's so easy for any person to share the good days. Uh, we all do, but it's both, it's both, it's important to share the reality behind it all too. And like success isn't linear and it has been a tough few months. It has been a tough year, to be honest. Um, Again, I wouldn't have shared an awful lot about it and things didn't go to plan during the winter. Um, Injury-wise, there was absolutely zero. And I suppose no athlete wants an injury, but an injury is almost easier than it being health-wise because at least you have a road to recovery at least you have answers at least you have clarity and you can work um back to try to get that best performance but no it, it wasn't ideal and I suppose knowing um like for me I know the ins and outs of training so there's absolutely no fooling me and I suppose that's a credit to Shane because he's educated me in the sport for all these years but it also makes me the hardest person to coach because there's no fooling me but um I knew the signs weren't there. Um, I could easily have hid away from nationals. I didn't. I could have easily have done the 200 instead. I didn't. I raced the 400 because I wanted to play my part for the team because I knew Ireland needed to post four good times um, to qualify for the relay for European indoors. There was three spots available. Uh, three countries, three spots for three countries available. Three spots were automatically taken from European Outdoor Championships last year. So, going into nationals, we weren't in the top six. We were in the top six previous to that, um. But things had changed. So I wanted to post the time to do what I could to try and help get the team over the line. If it was good enough, great. If it wasn't good enough, at least I, I gave it my all. Um, I knew that the time wasn't going to be fast. Um, for nationals. Three rounds is also hard to manage in 24 hours. Um, that was something new. We usually only have two races um, with the semi and straight to the final. So that was something new. But we succeeded in qualifying for Europeans. So then I opted only for the relay. Um, I wouldn't be doing myself any justice going out there and doing the individual. It is very disappointing because two years ago in 2021, I came fourth at Europeans over the 400 and it was an absolutely stacked 400. This year is very different. A lot of the top athletes have opted out from going. Um, then I look at, say, my times from last year would probably rank me around third or fourth going into this championship if I was running. Um, but that's how it rolls. You just you can only race who's there. I'm not in shape this year. Um, and I want to go out and do my best for the relay um, instead next week and I suppose it is the first major indoor championship that I have missed since 2016. And I've had a great run of things, champ- major championship after major championship. Um, but this is sport and this is how it rolls. Not every day is a good day. And uh, I just wanted to, to make it clear. And I suppose I did have the option to speak to media before nationals. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to um, because it might come across that I'm like making excuses or I'm looking for pity or different things like that. I just wanted to toe the line and do what I could for that team. And then the post um, last week was just about being honest and it was just to be transparent because people are invested in your journey as well. So it is important to, to be clear and explain the reasons why the performances aren't the way they are.
um, this year, but hopefully they can come around. Because at the Irish Indoor Championships recently, that was your debut this season, and that was almost at the end, end of February. So could you pinpoint what happened over that winter training block, Phil, that, that just knocked you back that bit? Yeah, and I suppose we can go back further. It's ever since I got COVID last year before World Indoors, got COVID the week before World Indoors, and my body hasn't been the same since Um, throughout last outdoor season. I couldn't get the consistency in training. Um, I was just, yeah, it was just lacking that. And like performances are built on consistency. One day would be good. The next day would be chronic. Europeans in um, Munich last August were chronic individually, ran a good relay leg in the heat wasn't happy with the relay leg in the final again but that shows my body is good one day it isn't the next took my break um came back training everything was going well and I was like okay my body is definitely back now then in um November um things took a turn everything was just so much harder than it usually was like I was hitting times that I probably ran when I was about 16 years old and it was like a struggle to hit them and like say for me, I would run 150s if I was running 400 meter pace in 18.2 seconds. Uh, that would be my usual 400 pace, whereas I was now going 100% effort and it was like 18.6, 18.7. And if anyone knows athletics, that's absolutely chronic in comparison to 100% effort to 400 meter back straight pace. Um, so that was tough. And there was five weeks there where things were really, really hard. Um. I definitely contemplated if it was the end, like if my body was ever going to come back. And I was like, is it worth continuing on? Uh, because I, I literally didn't have the answers. And like, it was just week after week, it was a struggle. And like, it wasn't just that winter. It had been going from March the previous year. And like, yes, there's acceptance of things aren't where they're at, but that obviously takes a toll mentally and physically as well. And like, you're working with, obviously Shane is there the whole time training partners see it and to be honest if you weren't at training if you weren't Shane my psychologist or um say my physio as well you wouldn't have seen what was going on you know because I, I didn't share it with anybody and like I had was work constantly getting blood tests and different things like that my white cells were really low at one point my thyroid has been a bit all over the place so it's just constantly there has been one thing after another and my body has never responded and I suppose we stuck with it um indoor season has always been my thing like last year like I um ran 651 second runs um this year nationals was 2.2 seconds slower than I won nationals last year and like that's absolutely a massive distance in terms of track over two two seconds but that's where it is. And I suppose it's not, as I said, it's not linear. Um, I wanted to be clear because end of the day, you're exposed, I suppose, when you're out there running and like it's easy for people to comment and even say at nationals, people were like, oh, but you've started full-time work now. Everything changes with that. And I'm like, I'm like, you honestly don't have a clue. That is not the answer. Work has actually been a great balance and it has been really beneficial into the whole thing. And like, it's not stressful. I work from home. It um it has been a great addition to be honest. But uh, yeah, that's where things have been over the last year to be honest. And I just hope things were are coming around. Had a really positive session um last week, and it was the first time that I felt myself in months to be honest. Um, mm. 
but it's just bits of things are there like we have to keep training like not training isn't the answer either we took the intensity out of things and even the slope pace stuff um was harder but my strength is there my speed is slowly coming back um so fingers crossed the outdoor season um comes together because in the day come july the qualification opens for paris mm-hmm. and paris is more important than one indoor season in the bigger picture of things that actually doesn't count for anything i didn't realize philip got to the stage over the winter where you actually contemplated kind of packing it in which is incredible for me trying to wrap my head around now because you've given so much to athletics over the years but like at, at that moment in time were you just thinking oh god is this ever going to get right was it was that almost a frame of mind you were in at, at, at that time Absolutely. And someone think, listening might think, oh, that's so dramatic because that's sport and not everything is going to be good all the time. But like it was at an all time low and it was going on for so long that I didn't have the answers of why things were so wrong. Do you know, at that point, and like there were so many times I said to Shane, I was like, you can't tell me that my body is going to come back. You don't know. Like we can't see what's ahead. And like it was frustrating, so frustrating for both of us. And I was definitely so hard to deal with. Um <laughs> during those times but as the athlete when you give so much to this sport it's your job at the end of the day like if you're not performing in yours like if you're in an office job or whatever your actual role is and if you're not performing for a year you're not going to enjoy it and you're like why am I in this you know um but this is sport and you just have to stick with it and things are slowly coming around and I suppose um it is important to highlight that not every day is a good day. Um, there's there's more bad days than good days. Um, behind it all, but uh, yeah, that's where things have been, and like, it has been a struggle, but um, we're coming around the the right side of it now. How is the body feeling now? Yeah, everything is going good for now, and I'm looking forward to going into European Championships and focusing on the relay. And I suppose it's different performing with a team instead of individually, so it takes that pressure away as well. Um, there is a great Irish team going overall with the relay at Super because it's straight into a European final already. Um, and it's great that the team got over the line and made the qualification because it was tough qualification um, to get. So I'm really looking forward to going out there um, and racing Sunday with the, with the team. And it's great to see as well that we have two really young athletes, a part of the 4x4 panel, which shows that the depth is constantly increasing. Um in Ireland, four by four um, relay squads and 400 metres in general. So it's great to see the upcoming athletes and making their senior debut. And uh, I suppose being one of the senior people on the, the team overall. But um, no, it's super. And it keeps everybody on their toes. But um, yeah, I'm, I suppose it could be the case where it was an injury and I can't compete at all. At least I can go out there and I can represent the country. Yes, I'm not at my best, um, but I will go out there and give it my all. I know you said you were two seconds off your 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 time at this year's nationals compared to last year's nationals, and you had three rounds to go through. What was it like actually getting back to the start line and getting back to running after going through the winter that you had been through? Was it was it almost a, a relief, Bill, to be able to, to do what you do again? Absolutely, and I it was very nerve wracking as well because usually when I'm going into races, I I have all my markers, I have the confidence knowing what is going to come, and I suppose in every session we're we're looking for something and I'm not hitting those markers and I'm not like delusional either at the same point because I know that something isn't good enough if it isn't good enough and I'm a very black and white person like it's either good enough or it isn't um and I suppose especially when I run over 400 
I'm always first to the belt. Like, I know I have the speed and I know I have the speed reserve to come home. Going into nationals, the aim was to be second at the bell because I didn't know, I didn't trust my speed fully. And that was the plan. And we was more like, hang in and see what you can actually do. Um, And I suppose I ran a tactically poor race as well. But yeah, it was just a different approach. And I suppose that comes with experience knowing things aren't there um as well but it was good to to get back into that competition environment um uh, into the day I didn't want to shy away from it I easily could have and and hid for another while and wait till outdoor season but um we got that team over the line and everybody played their part in getting that team over the line so uh it's great that we can race next week at the European Championships. And it's probably important to mention too, this is a long season this year. This is quite a long season. I think the Nationals are until, are they July? Are they July this year? Yeah, so, end of July with Worlds. Not, I don't think they're until the end of August. So it is a very, very long year. And I suppose the main part of the season is come the 1st of July because that's when Paris qualification opens again. So you want, I want my body to be back fully um, performing again and we definitely will be going back to an old school summer of racing 100s and 200 so you certainly will see me back over the um shorter distances I've always wanted to race more of them but it just with the type of season trying to fit the races in when you're looking for ranking points and different things like that it's hard to to fit them all in but uh no I definitely want to go back and uh race over the shorter distances and with the 400 obviously in there as well how much looking forward to that because like the 100 200 like you've you've spe- specialized in the 400 over the last couple couple of years but, but to dip back down again how much are you looking forward to that because there's a there's another certain healy sister who's mm-hmm. looking forward to the outdoor 100 season as well absolutely and i don't think she knows yet that i will be back over 100 meters but uh, um no like it is it is great and end of the day whether i'm doing 100 200 or 400 I need to be in PB shape over 100 and 200 to run a fast 400 because speed is key. So um, 2018 was a great season, Irish record after Irish record over 100 and 200. Somehow I'm still managing to hold on to that 100 meter national record. I think it's only going to be a few weeks now before Rashida actually takes that from me. Um, But no, it's been, it's, they're enjoyable and they change it up um, and it's nice to to dip back down and I suppose you look at the best of the athletes internationally everyone has a fast 100 or a fast 200 if they're running a fast 400 so um, it is key and it's uh, it's good to change things up um, as well and I suppose it's great to have three events but it's also very frustrating because you're like which event will I race where or trying to plan things in training wise it doesn't really change anything much it's more when it comes to racing because sometimes I'm like Lord I wish I could only do one event because it would be definite of what I'm actually racing and when you mentioned there earlier Phil as well like about getting back to your best and I think I touched it earlier but can you see those signs that everything is trending upwards for you again that that come the summer that you that you'll be hitting those markers that you want to hit is, is, is that your target now coming off the back of that winter just to just to keep inching forward and just to try and rediscover your best form 100% and it's about Take, taking things slowly I suppose and for me it's just about get, building that consistency again and getting the training blocks in because there was no training block in the winter that was clear because I was either not able to do the sessions I was sick or there was there was just something all the time um, where I couldn't do that so it's all about 
putting the the work in building that continuing to build that foundation the work that i have done isn't going to go to waste it's always going to pay off at some point um but yeah that's 100 what it is about like for me my strength my strength is definitely increased that's another major part so at least all the bits are there they all just need to gel together in their own ways and then just the speed to to get that bit sharper but it will all come with consistency so hopefully by the summer I will be back to my best and uh, outdoor season is only in a couple of weeks time so um, it all does roll around fast Um, but hopefully yeah it's an exciting summer and that my body does respond and I stay healthy and uh, injury free and everything like that and uh, yeah fingers crossed. We all wish the same for you, and I think you you were you were so impressive the way you, you highlighted what went on in the winter because life life and sport it's not linear it's there, there, there's these ups and downs and you you've seen both sides of the kind like you've had you've had the good days and you've had the, the not so good days as well so like the hope is who you you come out of this a stronger person for it as well hundred percent and like mental resilience is obviously a massive part in everything and I suppose like no matter how strong you are it does take a toll at some point um but this is the sport we do we love it we hate it um it's part and parcel of sport I've had a great run of things like I've never had any major injury touch wood bar a few dislocated shoulders and a broken foot so I have had a really good time of it um this is just something that obviously has come in the way but it makes you who you are and um hopefully i will look back on this and uh, laugh at like how poor the performance was and knowing how good things can actually be um in future 100 and the very best to look in istanbul this week and thank you so much for your time as always phil super karen thanks a million the star sport podcast is brought to you by access credit union access credit union funding dreams for over 50 years Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. We're going now to take a look at what's coming up in this week's sports section. And Kieran, I'm just going to stick my neck out in the line and say that readers are probably in for yet another treat when they flick through to the sports pages this week. What will they find? You're dead right, uh, Dylan. It's it's a treat. It's a treat every Thursday for the for the, the Southern Star readers to, to find our, our sports pages. And and work their way through them. So we've an awful lot going on. It's a it's a really busy sports section this week. So it was a clean sweep for the Cork teams at national the national league. So the footballers, the hurdlers, the ladies footballers, and the Camogie team they all won. So we've a lot of reaction from that. Like just for a second, Libby Cavanjo from St. Columns got two two for the Cork ladies footballers as they hammered Donegal. And the day before, she had the the Camogie team beat beat Clare. So she had a, she had a very busy weekend. Um, we also have uh, the Metroport from Castlehaven and Kirby Rangers and a roundup from some of the West Cork teams in the West Cork League. Just for example, Mark Buckley coming off the bench to score an injury time winning goal for, for Donnie's Rory Bourne scoring a last gasp equaliser for O'Donovan Ross. So we have a roundup of the, the county leagues. Um, also in Thursday Southern Star, we unveil who the 2022 West Cork Sports Star Youth Award winner is. So that's an exciting one for for, for people to, to look forward to on Thursday. In last week's Southern Star, we revealed that Castlehaven have won the Special Achievement Award for the West Cork Sports Star Awards, which will be on March 11th. So listeners need to keep reading the Southern Star over the next couple of weeks for all the news from that. Looking down through it here, Dylan, 
in in road bowling, what we had, um, what we had the week last week was the the board coming convention, and we've a, a full report from that and Michael Brennan's thoughts when it comes to the school school boys and school girls soccer. It was a, a good weekend for the West Cork teams in the interleague to have advanced to to Munster finals, um, and also Hamilton High School are true to an All Ireland senior schools B hurling semi final this weekend. They're taking on a Galway school on Saturday and I was talking to their coach Aidan O'Donoghue about their recent Munster final win as they won the, the cup for the second time ever and the first time I think in 30 years so there's an awful lot going in there including PB for Nicola Tuttle the young young hammer chore from Kilbritton over 2.5 metres she added to her previous PB which is incredible so she's a and she was also in our next generation a couple of weeks back when we were profiling the top young sports stars of West Cork. So there's an awful lot going on and it's uh, well worth checking out on, on Thursday morning, whether you get it in a shop or online. Yeah, all that will be available, as Kieran said, in shops across West Cork from Thursday morning. You'll also find a, fee, a free wedding supplement in this week's page, paper, which features tips and advice for both bride and groom, along with a great feature on multicultural weddings in West Cork. As always, if you're further afield, can't make it to the shops or just can't be bothered going out, you can subscribe to the Southern Star e-paper and get the Southern Star on your laptop, tablet or mobile phone. Just head to subscribe.southernstar.ie, enter your details and you'll get an exact replica of the newspaper for less than €2 Euro per week. As always, thanks for listening to the Star Sport podcast. And thanks again to our sponsors at Access Credit Union. If, you, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks for listening.